What are you so going to do to move forward? Yeah, yeah, to move forward. Nori, are there other interviews that you plan to do to kind of combat this? What do you plan to do? Because I see you reaching out yeah. on, on Twitter to people that you feel like need to come up. Sean King, you know, Sean Dr. King, U- I want Sean King to come up. I want Dr. Umar. I want I want Talib Kweli. I want David Banner. I want Killer Mike because they all know. They all know where my heart is. They all know that I'm on black Twitter. They all know I'm on them black, you know, you know, and to freedom, uh, uh, group chat. They all know that. You know what I'm saying? The fact is, I did, I, I did fail. I did fail. I, I don't want to. Hey, no, I don't want to see Drink Champs go down that path. I like Drink Champs being the happy podcast mm-hmm. that it is. And what you tried to yeah. do, what you tried to do, was give hip hop culture a voice. But the reality is, he don't need that right now. That's not what we should be giving a voice to right now. That's- all right. So we are here for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. And hip-hop media has gone crazy. Charlemagne has now come out this week and said that Kanye West doesn't deserve a voice because of the rhetoric that he is spilling on all the interviews that he's going on. The Drink Champs podcast show television show has gotten um, clashed back because of comments that Kanye West said about George Floyd and him dying from fentanyl, but people are saying that is a lie. How dare you have him on the platform? As you just heard, Charlamagne is saying you can't have him on the platform. Now is not the time to be giving him a voice. In the times that we live in, now is not the time. That we shouldn't be, we shouldn't have had Kanye on the platform to begin with. Not at a time like this, with the rhetoric that he's spewing. Not, not at a time like this, with the rhetoric that he is spewing. Woo! And then my mind started connecting some dots, and I'm here to tell you right now, this is going to be a very explicit episode. If you have kids in the car, if there are children nearby or anyone with a sensitive ear, you may want to remove them from this conversation because we are about to go to a different level of patterns. And it's going to require me to talk about some things that are taboo and they have forced my hands. With this statement that Charlemagne makes, you have forced my hands. Everyone, this is going to be a very, very explicit conversation. And when we return, when we return, we're going to get into it here on Black Equity Podcast. All right. So we are here. We, in the intro, we told you about what Charlemagne just said. And my mind immediately started playing back conversations in my head that I've been having for quite some time. And typically, that's how these episodes come about. And it made me think about this video that was once on uh, a TEDx talk, and it's been going across the internet. And it's called Black Murder is Normal. I repeat. Black murder is normal. Let's dive into this conversation real quick. Thank you. This is me. 
24 years ago this month. Uh, I'm 17 years old, um, a senior in high school living in Orlando, Florida, and two weeks uh, after this picture was taken, my life went on a tremendous and uh, continues to be on a tremendous journey. Uh, two weeks after this picture was taken, I dropped out of my private school in the middle of my senior year, moved to a city outside of Atlanta called College Park, Georgia, and enrolled in ministry school. And it was that time that I got a new nickname, and that nickname is White Mike. Um, now, how I got the nickname White Mike is pretty simple. I arrived at a church that had about a thousand people, and uh, when people would ask, you know, uh, have you seen Mike? And somebody said, Mike who? Nobody knew my last name. Smith was too hard. So White Mike uh, is who I became. So this is White Mike on the day he graduated from uh, ministry school. Uh, this is White Mike uh, teaching in the youth ministry. Uh, this is White Mike uh, doing an example on the stage with his pastor. Uh, this is White Mike uh, being ordained into ministry. I think you're seeing a pattern. Uh, this is White Mike's first roommate when he got there. White Mike at work. White Mike at social gatherings. You can barely see White Mike in there. Uh, White Mike with pastors. I just returned from Atlanta to a pastor's conference. This picture is about 15 years old. Uh, and it's the same picture from when I was here yesterday. Uh, this is uh, White Mike's wedding party with White Mike's dad. And uh, White Mike has been on quite a journey the past 24 years. Now, in this time, I learned a lot of beautiful things about a lot of beautiful people. I learned a lot of ugly things about myself. And I learned a lot of dark things about the nation in which we live. But I also learned that... We're about to get into a conversation where this guy named White Mike, or some people call him Michael Smith, does a TED Talk called Black Murder is Normal. During this conversation, he's going to break down for you something very poignant in our hip-hop media and media in general, and it's going to debunk everything that Charlemagne just said. And then we have to ask ourselves, wait a second, what is Charlemagne, what is his agenda, and why is he trying to silence Khan? Yay, West. Something to be romanticized. And why is it the white people don't do it? And maybe that, maybe it's because there's no white audience for it. Or maybe it's because it's not really marketable. Maybe because it's not, can't get sponsors. I don't know why it is. Uh, or maybe it's because it's just not the white man's role. Or maybe when white people get up and talk about being drug dealers and AK-47 killers, maybe it's even sicker than that. Maybe when white people do it, they're accused of acting black. The truth is, in America, black murder is normal. Black murder is normal. The idea that a black man or a black woman would be involved in a homicide, either as a perpetrator or a victim, is so common, so broadly accepted that it basically goes unnoticed. The truth of the matter is black families are affected by homicide at rates of 10 times their white counterparts. There will be more death in the form of homicide involving black people this year than any other form of violence that dominates our national conversation. More than school shootings, mall shootings, mass shootings, workplace shootings, lovers twist, uh, lovers twist that turn violent and bloody, even more than in war and in terrorism, no one will lose their life at greater numbers than black Americans involved in violence. Now, when you talk about what's going on in one segment of society and somehow tie it to what's going on someplace else. You kind of lose people, they detach. This is our unknowing. Prejudice, discrimination, and racism are not the same. We know prejudice, it exists in human hearts and minds. Discrimination exists in hands and policies. But racism is neither in hearts and minds, nor is it really in policies. As a matter of fact, it doesn't take action to keep racism going, it takes inaction. It doesn't take hearts and minds to keep racism going. It actually has to keep things out of people's minds. Racism is like the millstone that churns along in the background. It just goes generation in and generation out and keeps turning out the same generational outcomes. Racism is
we're about to dive into the part where he starts talking about music. 170 uh, victims of homicide 2012, all the way up to this week in 2014. And of those victims, 64 were white. Now, this transcends the simple diagnosis that we have. Well, it's education, it's poverty, it's family structure. As you study it locally, nationally, as you study it decade after decade, it doesn't follow any of those easy answers. Something much deeper and much darker is at work. How common is black murder? Well, in my entire life, 1973 to 2014, there has never been a year since I've been breathing that blacks have not been overrepresented in homicide. Never been a year that you can go into a morgue and you don't see blacks overrepresented. It's the story of America. It's certainly the story of America in my lifetime. My question is, what will be the first year that we see it a one-to-one ratio? I mean, if it's somewhere between 7 to 1 and 10 to 1 now, I mean, when will it be 1 to 1? We would consider it a huge national victory if we ever got it to 5 to 1, to 4 to 1, to 3 to 1. Violent crime has gone down over the past 40 years. People say, isn't that great? No, because prison has gone up over the past 40 years. And no matter the fact that violent crime has gone down or prison has gone up, what's never closed is the gap. There's always that gap, 6 to 1, 7 to 1, 8 to 1. Usually it's the smartest person in the room at this point that yells out from the back, Sir, are you saying you want more white people killed? And then all of a sudden I realize that's why we die in clumsy accidents. All right, here we go. So we're about to, we're setting the stage here. This, this video, you can watch the full video. It's 20 minutes long. I'll do my best to put it in the show notes. He's setting the stage for a conversation about black murder in America. And then we have to look at, well, what, how does this impact us on a musical level? Before we look at that, I want to play something that I think is going to be relevant. Let's listen to what Kanye West said during the same interview that Charlamagne says, we don't need to hear from this guy. The same interview. Anti-Semitic shit and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? I'm going to name you some anti-Semitic shit right now, right? Because we're Jew. Let me put it like this. Remember I talked about the chakras? Remember I talked about Rick Rubin? I talked about the 808? The chakras is real. Now I'm going to say some anti-Semitic shit. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. That's the real anti-Semitic shit that the Jewish people get paid off of. Now, let me little Apple move. Let me move on Apple right now. How, much, how many people want to bet their house that that content is not within the first three songs on Apple rap music? Nobody. So they're going to have to take my life before they take my people. We ain't, go, we ain't taking it no more, bro. They get paid off that shit. The- Kanye says some very wild things during this interview, some of which may have went too far, some of which may have been right on point, and some of which was probably no point of it at all. But man, that's almost every interview. Every interview has those levels of information or misinformation or deflection, especially over alcohol and drinking. This is the type of conversations you have at Drink Champs, right? But why is Charlemagne talking at the top of his lungs 
that this should have never been out. What is he so afraid of? Let's find out. I said, how did you do it? He said, what do you mean, how did I do it? She said, well, did you pick her up? And did you set her on the gurney? And did you zip her up in the bag? And did you slide her in the back of the van? And did you shut the shoes? Mammy, two shoes you never saw her, except for a couple of times above the knees. She was always the one yelling at Thomas the cat for what he was doing. She was voiced by Lillian Randolph, a great radio actress. But here's the interesting thing. White entertainers create white entertainment, and they carve out a black role. And the black role that they saw fit was to play this stereotypical black woman. That lasted up until the in the early 50s. Then you... Huge protests broke out, and they said, you know what? We don't want to be portrayed like that anymore. And to this day, if you want to watch Tom and Jerry, you go home, you want to watch it on Netflix, you want to watch it on Amazon, this comes up on the screen. It says, what you're about to watch contains some racial stereotypes. They were wrong then, and they're wrong now. They were commonplace. We don't want to edit her out because that will pretend, that will make it like it never happened. We're going to put her in, but know that we know there's something wrong with this. Now, we don't have Mammy Two Shoes today. You can't get away with it. Nobody, nobody would put it out there. But we do have black people that get on the radio every day in white-owned companies, white-owned stations with white-owned sponsors that play the role of hypersexualized, hypercriminalized male. I asked these advertisers, I say, I've got hundreds of songs a day that celebrate killing animals. Will you put them on your station? They said, no. I've got hundreds of songs a day that talk about assaulting women and, 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 and abusing kids. Would you put them on your station? They said, no. I said, I've got hundreds of songs a day that talk about murdering blacks. Would you put them on your stations? They said, well, that depends. Depends on what? Who it's done by and who it's branded for. Wait a second. Wait a second. Who owns who owns Power 105? <laughs> oh, we gotta get into it. Who owns Power 105? I sure so iHeartMedia. Okay. Who owns iHeartMedia? I just couldn't understand why Charlemagne would be so against something, so hard, right? iHeartMedia is the owner of Key People is Bob Pittman. Who's Bob Pittman? We need to know these things if, you know, Charlemagne's going to come on and tell us, you don't need to know what, Char- what Kanye has to say. He's spilling uh, anti-Semitic information. How dare we give him a voice? Rob Pittman, Robert Warren Pittman is an American businessman. Pittman was CEO of MTV Networks and co-founder and programmer who led the team that created MTV and is a co-founder of iHeartMedia and Casa Dranca's Tequila. Okay. Does he have uh, any type of, let's see, Robert Pittman is an American businessman who has a net worth of $100 million. I mean, he's not Jewish or anything, is he? I mean, Pittman, I don't know what the, I don't know if he has any ties to being Jewish. That doesn't tell me. Oh, here we go. UGA to honor iHeartMedia's, who is UGA? UGA to honor iHeartMedia's Bob Pittman. Who's UGA? UGA Federation of New York. What does that stand for? Well, all I typed in was Jewish and Rob Pitt, Bob Pittman. This is what pulls up. What does UGA stand for? Let's go back. 
iHeartMedia's Bob Pittman, Rich Bresler, John Sykes, and Todd Pullman will be presented with the prestigious Music Visionary of the Year Award by UGA Federation of New York. I've never heard of this. UGA Federation of New York. I'm doing this live on the spot, y'all. Oh, it's a Jewish organization. UGA is a New York-based organization committed to supporting Jewish culture. No. <laughs> Wait. No one's catching this? Just me, right? Let's finish. Let's finish with what this gentleman, Mike Smith, my bad, White Mike, had to say. Because if we can get black folks to sing about it, we can brand it for our youngest black audiences. I think there's money to be made. I think there's American appetites to see these people that way. I said, how can you say that? They said, well, look, it's what these artists know. It's what they, black people, uh, create. It's a matter of fact, our surveys say it's what they want to hear, which speaks of a sickness. How do we live in a society where somebody says, you know what, I'm inspired to write a song that celebrates murdering another person. And then a person says, I'd like to put that on my station. Another person said, I'd like to pay for it. And then there's people out here in the audience that go, I'd love to hear it, as long as it's black guys. Because even white people buy rap music, buy this type of stuff, because we know that when we want to hear about killing each other, we know who to turn to for that type of inspiration. We call it our music, we say we own it. White people buy more rap than black people. Yeah, but we're very careful to turn it down at the stoplight when other black people are there. Why? Because we know we're just pretending for them it's, it's more authentic and real. I always ask the companies, what about your name? What about your brand? What about your value? And the largest radio company in the world said this, it's okay that we only have drug dealers on our black youth stations. We only have murders on our black youth stations. We support black charities. We give out water at the Martin Luther King Parade. I think we've got it covered. He contacted the largest, who did he say? The largest radio station or media company? Black charities. We give out water at the Martin Luther King stations. We only have murders on our black youth stations. We support black charities. We give out water. I always ask the companies, what about your name? What about your brand? What about your value? And the largest radio company in the world said this, it's okay. The largest radio company in the world. Who is that? The largest, he may not use a name here. The largest radio company in the world. Who is that? Who is the biggest broadcasting company in the world? That's Comcast. I want radio. By market value, who has the largest radio company? This stuff matters. Bell Canada is number one. That's Canada. Sirius XM is number two. China Satellite is number three. LaGuardia is number four. Tokyo Broadcasting is number five. EW Scripts is number six. Stingray Group is number seven. Cumulus Media is number eight. And those are your top eight radio companies. I, I'm, I'm curious of where iHeartMedia is. What is iHeartMedia's ranking? iHeartMedia ranking in radio. They're in the Fortune 500. What companies does iHeartMedia own. Everything they own is something to do with iHeartMedia. Okay. How many employees do they have? A large media company with 
almost 10,000 employees and an annual revenue of $3.6 billion. When was it founded? 2007. They have annual revenues. We're talking about a $3.6 billion company. Charlemagne works for that company under the umbrella of 105.3 or 6 or whatever it is in New York. It's one of the largest Black media radio stations out, even though it's not Black. Charlemagne is then going on that station and saying, we don't need to give Kanye West a voice because some of the things that he said was anti-Semitic. One last thing I want to hear from White Mike. Okay, that we only have drug dealers on our black youth stations. We only have murders on our black youth stations. We support black charities. We give out water at the Martin Luther King Parade. I think we've got it covered. We've bought them off. Now, people get upset, the smartest guys in the room again. You're talking about censorship. I don't believe that. I believe in, cent- I believe in free art. Make whatever you want. I believe you should make music about anti-Semitism. I believe you should make music about killing dogs. I believe in this country you should make music uh, uh, about uh, bashing homosexuals and driving them behind trucks. I believe you should make music about uh, stringing people up on, on, on trees. I believe you should make music about killing Whitey. I believe you should make all that music. But I also believe that in the mainstream marketplace, people should hesitate associating their name with certain content. You know, there's certain stuff you can't buy at the store, certain stuff you can't get on iTunes because their brand doesn't want it. But if you want to hear black people celebrating killing black people, they got thousands and thousands and thousands of those things to sell you. I don't think it's about censorship. I think it's about American cultural hypocrisy. Because here's the truth. These black entertainers, they can't sing just about anything. There's some stuff that'll get them fired, and they get dropped, and they get fired, and they get slapped on the wrist, and they get disciplined all the time. Why? Because sometimes they step over the bounds. A very famous case is what happened with Rick Ross. Rick Ross is the Mammy Two-Shoes, one of the many Mammy Two-Shoes of our day. He's, he's a black entertainer in a world carved out for him, in a role carved out for him by white entertainment companies. And one day he talked about, in the middle of a song that celebrated dealing drugs and killing blacks, he made a reference to date rape. And when he made that reference to date rape, that set social media on fire. That got 100,000 petitions in 24 hours. Hey, buddy, date rape is no joke. That had white people standing outside of Reebok in New York saying, you better take this seriously. We're tired of a rape culture in America. One line in one song moved the masses. And you know what Reebok did? Did they stand by him and say, hey, we believe in freedom of speech. We believe in freedom of expression. It's just a song. Calm down. No, they fired his tail on the spot. The president came out and said, this goes against our high standards. He's gone against the values of our brand. Shame on Rick Ross. We're disappointed. He doesn't know how serious date rape is. And when I saw that, I thought, wow, how convenient. Isn't that amazing? But here's what really happened. It's not their brand. It's not their values. Rick Ross went off script. Rick Ross went off script. Kanye West has gone off script. They are okay with you rapping and entertaining them about killing and hurting and taking advantage of your own people. They'll do that any time on The Breakfast Club. Oh, but no. Now we must silence Kanye because he said things we don't agree with. He was hired to get black customers, and they think that black customers go with black bait. And in America, black bait is the hypercriminalized, hypersexualized portrayal of black people. And as long as he had sung about that, the stuff that got him hired, he still have a job at Reebok. But when he touched other sensitivities that affect us, he lost his job. So then it makes me wonder, and we're going to wrap this up. 
What are they playing on 105.1? Oh, top songs. Oh, okay. Free Mind by Thames. Gotta love that. CK, Love Nawanti, and Wait for You Future. Let's see. What else do we have? Top songs being played on Power 105.1 right now. Jimmy Cooks by Drake. Hate or Love It, The Game. Boogie, A Boogie Swervin featuring 6ix9ine. What else? Miss Officer, okay. Kiss Me Through the Phone. Gold Digger by Kanye West. I found this to be interesting. Did it change? They had, there it is, Rick Ross, Ashton Martin Music, was played at 1129. What are the lyrics to Ashton Martin Music? Now, that might be a little bit more laid-back song. Oh, there are lyrics right there. Bob into the music. This is how we do, okay? But it came back for you. That's Drake singing. When I'm alone in my room, I stare at the wall. Automatic weapons on the floor, but who do you call? My down bitch. So we can degrade women. One who lives by the code. Put the music shit aside. Get it on the road. A lot of quiet time. Pink bottles of rose. Exotic red bottoms sold. Body glitter and gold. Flowing fundamentals. I'm flowing in a rental. I love a nasty girl who swallow what's on the menu. Okay, so we can degrade women, but Kanye West can't give his opinion on what's currently happening and the things that he's seen, even if he's wrong. That money triple up when you get out of state. Need a new safe because I'm running out of space. Aeroy Jetson, somewhere out of space. I'm in my two-seater. She's the one that I will take. And then they go back to the chorus. Pull up on the block in a drop-top chicken box. Mr. KFC, VV's in the watch. Living fast where it's all about the money bag. Never front. You take it there. Ain't no coming back. Top down right here is where she want to be. As my goals unfold right in front of me. Every time we fuck, her soul take a hold of me. I dig her like Pookie. That pussy be controlling me. That thing be calling me. Fuck. Maintain, boy. I keep balling. Pink bottles keep coming. James Bond, Cooper Clutch, 100. Right? And so it's funny that the guy mentioned Rick Ross and within the last 30 minutes of recording this episode, Rick Ross has played. Wait, (laughs) there's more. See, the truth is it's not they that need to change. It's we that need to change. We, we created the lies. We created them for our profit. We, the, we own the companies. We own the record labels. We own the advertisers, and we keep putting it out. And it's this that's got to change. I thought about it. You know what? I, I wonder if White Mike could get anybody's attention on this. So I stood outside of a Walmart, and I said, hey, uh, I don't think killing cops and killing blacks is very cool. And you know what? It only took seven weeks of Mike Mike standing out there, and they wrote a letter and said, yeah, we don't think it's cool either. We're going to pull our name off of that. The largest retailer in the world had never considered that maybe their commercial shouldn't be right before or after after a song about young black men being gunned down. 
And I realized this, that black murder is normal, but it should not be. And I realized the importance at the coffee table, at every headline, every pastor's gathering, every family gathering to say, you know what, these black lives matter. It's not just another black kid. These are human beings. I'm doing my best in every way, shape, and form. Talks like this everywhere I can go to say, you know what, I was born in a world where black murder was normal. My kids were born into a world where black murder is normal. But I don't want to die in a world where black murder is normal. And my five years or ten years away, I don't know, but I'm screaming as high as I can. Let's feel this pain and let's lift our voice to tell the lies. They are not criminals. They are not deviants. And they're lives are just as important as ours. Thank you very much. Then it makes me think about this. And thank you, White Mike, for you doing that TED Talk that has spread so much around social media that has woken us up. When you first go to Power 105, there's a picture of Powerhouse for October 29th. And one of the artists is named Fabio Foreign. Now, let's type in Fabio Foreign. Fabio Foreign. I don't know this gentleman, never met the man, but I want to know some of the lyrics. Okay, I'm just picking a random song. I have no idea what we're going to get here. All right, so his EP is called Grimy Demons. Yeah, one called Pain and Love. 800 BC, Demons and Goblins. Another one's called Bible. And let's see. So let's, I mean, I think it's fair to go to Demons and Goblins. What are the lyrics talking about here? This is the same gentleman who's going to be performing at Powerhouse by uh, 105.1. That Charlemagne says we should not be giving a voice to Kanye. I'm with the demons and goblins. Give me the money. I need to stall it. We see an opera. We squeeze it with caution, leaving a target. Dead man walking. Got to stay low because the people be talking. I'm with the demons and God. Give me the money. I need it, need it to stall it. We need an opera. We squeeze it with caution. So that must be the chorus. Skirt, skirt. Park it. Hop out. Spark it. Whoa, walk it. I took the money that they offered took a piercing, I'm evolving. She gonna suck me up regardless. I'm a different type of artist. Teed up, oh, walking on a coffin. Too wild, jumping the crowd. I did a show, I need money. I want it now. Too wild, jumping the crowd. I'm with the demons and goblins. Give me the money. Now, I'm, I'm trying to, my dog's so savage, but he catching up. He do a dance, hit, 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 whoa. Bunch of bitches at the telly going up. Bunch of real niggas showing up. A lot of Cuban links, a lot of protects blowing up. Real niggas throwing up. Super bad, sucking on my... Come on, y'all. <laughs> Come on. Do I have to go any further than this? No. And it's called drink champs. It's not called po politics champs. What are you so going to do to move forward? Yeah, yeah, to move forward, Anori, are there other interviews that you plan to do to kind of combat this? What do you plan to do? Because I see you reaching out on, on Twitter to people that you feel like need to come up. Sean King, you know, Sean Dr. King, U I want Sean King to come up. I want Dr. Umar. I want I want Talib Kweli. I want David Banner. I want Killer Mike because they all know, they all know where my heart is. They all know that I'm on black Twitter. They all know I'm on them black, you know, you know, until freedom uh, uh, group chat. They all know that. You know what I'm saying? The fact is, 
I did. I did fail. I did fail. I don't want to see Drink Champs go down that path. I like Drink Champs being the happy podcast mm-hmm. that it is. And what you tried to yeah. do, what you tried to do was give hip hop culture a voice. But the reality is he don't need that right now. That's not what we should be giving a voice to right now. That we shouldn't be. We shouldn't have had Kanye on the platform to begin with. Not at a time like this with the rhetoric that he's spewing. Nah. Not with the rhetoric that Kanye West is spewing. And I wonder why that is. I wonder why it's okay for all these artists from Ice Spice and Kodak Black. Don't get me started on Kodak Black. Don't make me pull up his lyrics. Fabio Foreign, Moneybag Yo, Little TJ, Nicki Minaj. Should we pull up all their lyrics? Because if we do that, you wouldn't have a radio station. And if you don't have a radio station, there is no Charlemagne the God, fake God. Charlemagne has built his entire platform off the destruction of other black people. And he has then gone on to say he was just playing a character. And now, when Kanye West says some things that are offensive, some things that are brilliant, and some things that probably didn't need to be there at all, now we must silence him. Well, my job here on Black Equity Podcast is to point out the hypocrisy of it all. It's all a big illusion. Charlemagne is working for a company that is getting awarded by Jewish organizations in New York, and he must protect the brand, even though the brand doesn't protect him. He must protect Power 105, even though Power 105 has not protected Black people. They have built their platform off of the destruction of other Black people, the killing of Black people, calling women bitches, calling women hoes, rape culture. They've pushed this content out into the streets. But now, (laughs) no, now is a time where we must stop Kanye West. And you know why they want to stop Kanye West? Because now he's messing with their money. I could literally say anti-Semitic shit and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? I'm going to name you some anti-Semitic shit right now, right? Because we're Jew. Let me put it like this. Remember I talk about the chakras? Remember I talked about Rick Rubin? I talked about the 808. The chakras is real. Now, I'm going to say some anti-Semitic shit. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. That's the real anti-Semitic shit that the Jewish people get paid off of. 